Hello. Welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of anti-conservative movement call-in talk radio. And I do hope you call in to state your point of view on the topic or anything else going on in the news, if you'd like to call in about that. And the topic for this June 28th, 2022, is the overturning of Roe v. Wade and special election results. Well, I do have special election results. Just declared winner. Had been close all evening. And from NorfolkDailyNews.com, quote, friends, we did it, end quote, as flood wins special election. Nebraska State Senator Mike Flood won a special election Tuesday to replace former U.S. Representative Jeff Fortenberry, a fellow Republican, who was sentenced to two years of probation earlier in the day for a conviction on charges that he lied to federal agents. <clears throat> Flood beat Democratic State Senator Patty Panzing Brooks in the state's Republican-leading 1st District, which includes Lincoln and dozens of smaller, mostly conservative towns in eastern Nebraska. Flood, a former Speaker of the Nebraska Legislature, will serve the rest of what would have been Fortenberry's ninth, ninth term. He'll be a strong favorite to win a new term in November when he faces Pansing Brooks again in the general election. Both candidates were nominated by their party's leaders in April to run in the special election. The next month, Nebraska primary voters picked them to run in the general election. In court on Tuesday, Fortenberry sat quietly as U.S. District Judge Stanley Blumenfeld ordered him to serve probation, pay a $25,000 fine, and perform community service. Blumenfeld rejected prosecutors' request for a prison sentence, saying the ex-congressman, quote, chose the wrong path, unquote, but that his behavior in the case was out of character. <clears throat> Fortenberry resigned in March, shortly after a California jury found him guilty in the corruption case. He has maintained his innocence and said he plans to appeal. Before he was indicted in October... Fortenberry was expected to sail to an easy and largely uneventful win. Flood stayed mostly positive throughout the campaign, airing several lighthearted ads, including one where he described himself as a conservative, quote, nerd who would get things done in Washington. Quote, friends, we did it, unquote, State Senator Mike Flood of Norfolk told his supporters in Midtown Event Center, as he appeared headed to victory in the 1st Congressional District race against Patty Panzing Brooks of Lincoln. Flood promised to try to shrink government and predicts Joe Biden's presidency would be kept in check and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi would be fired. Well, I don't recall so much his uh, 
positive, lighthearted ads where he described himself as a conservative nerd, as I recall his ads towards the end of the campaign, where he was uh, acting as though Nancy Pelosi and uh, Joe Biden were running in Nebraska along with Chuck Schumer, because uh, that's who he seemed to be running against and positioning himself as far-right as he was able to move himself. From uh, Facebook, Lancaster County Democratic Party <coughs> group page, a uh, former director of the Nebraska State Party, I believe, uh, named Vince, Vince P., wrote, Looks like Patty Panzing Brooks exceeded expectation tonight as she outperformed all prior Democrats in decades. Her close loss in a low-profile special election sets her up for a win in November. Flood's embrace of Big Brother government means Patty wins in November. By November, voters will realize that freedom is on the ballot in November. Ask Flood every chance you get if he will vote for a national ban on abortion and remind him it's a yes or no answer. Well, we'll see if he will give a yes or no answer to that, at least consistently depending on who he's talking with. So... On to the topic of overturning of Roe v. Wade. <clears throat> and connecting it, of course, to the local. From journalstar.com. Watch now. Abortion rights backers rally in Lincoln, promise to work against ban in Nebraska. It's by Chris Dunker, June 24th, 2022. And I looked to see if there was any coverage of a protest uh, demonstration today at the Capitol. As I drove through, saw people rallying on both sides of the street, the north side, the south side, and uh, did wave to them and, uh, of course, wish them all. But uh, no special coverage of today's gathering. But from four days ago, as a picture of a large crowd there, and it starts out with some personal stories. I'll just skip on down to well into the article. Protests took place across the country, including in Omaha, where an estimated 1,500 people gathered at Memorial Park. At the Lincoln protest, 300 to 400 people filled the sidewalks and spilled onto Lincoln Mall across 10th Street as they listened to a handful of speakers. Attendees waved signs, both printed and handmade, that expressed anger at the decision of the Supreme Court and Republican politicians, as well as support for other women. Quote, I personally know people who have had abortions, Manrose said. It's their body and their choice, and nobody else should have an opinion on it. Speakers at the event encouraged those in attendance to channel their anger 
and energy into direct action, both in upcoming elections, as well as if the legislature convenes later this summer in an anticipated special session to enact an abortion ban in Nebraska. Quote, With this decision, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey and dismantled the federal constitutional protections for abortions that have existed for 50 years, said Scout Richter's Reproductive Rights Council for the ACLU of Nebraska. Richter said the ruling, quote, allows anti-abortion politicians across the country to force women and other people who can become pregnant into lives they did not envision. Earlier Friday, Ashley Spivy, founder and director of IAB Black Girl, said Friday's decision will have a disproportionate impact on women of color and those living in rural areas. Quote, if you want to force people to have pregnancies, we know the mortality rate for people of color is significantly higher, Spivy said. Colette Yellowrobe echoed Spivy during the rally, saying the Supreme Court's decision would have added negative consequences for indigenous women and women of color. <clears throat> she called Friday's decision, quote, a direct assault on the sovereignty of women and called on the protesters to push back on what she described as a calculated effort by abortion opponents. Quote, this cowardice and the declaration of war against all women in this country requires our allies to put words into action, Yellow Robe said. This is no longer just a women's issue. This is a human rights issue. Erin Feistinger, policy director at the Women's Fund of Omaha, called the decision, quote, an unprecedented stripping away of fundamental right that has existed for five decades. Any ban on abortion, which the legislature is expected to consider, would also have, quote, a devastating impact on the economic well-being of women as well as businesses and communities, she added. Instead, Feischtinger said lawmakers should consider bills to ensure women receive equal pay for equal work, are able to be safely housed and food secure, and have paid family leave if and when they do choose to become parents. All of the speakers at Friday's virtual news conference said they are prepared to fight any proposed abortion ban that may go before the legislature in the coming weeks. Quote, We have been doing all the work we need to prepare for every scenario we could face, Curry Grubb said. We're going to do the exact same thing we did during the legislative session. Remind Nebraskans this is now the values they stand for. Remind state senators that they serve their constituents. We're going to turn people out. We're going to defeat anything that they bring, she added. Others who support abortion rights also indicated the fight now moves to the state capitol and other areas where policy is made. Abby Swatsworth, executive director of Out Nebraska, called the decision an attack on, quote, every person with a uterus including those in the LGBTQ community. Quote, We need to be organizing. We need to be getting to the polls, Swatsworth said during the rally. It is only arm in arm. It is only hand in hand. It is only stepping up together that we can make a difference in this fight. 
Richter said recent polling shows a majority of Nebraskans oppose an abortion ban, which demonstrates there is momentum behind the effort to defeat any proposed legislation. Quote, Quote, we continue to evaluate all of our options, including litigation, work in the legislature, and at the ballot box, to use all of the tools we have to fight back against these bans and keep abortion legal, she said. <clears throat> and then it has a number of uh, reactions from various people on Twitter. So, really goes on and on. I will just leave off then on that. Oh, well, might as well read what Mike Flood had to say. Since he's up for, since he did win the special election and will be our first congressional district representative, at least until uh, the general election in November. Uh, and until uh, January, if uh, he should lose. <clears throat> okay, from Flood. Quote, today the Supreme Court has returned abortion-related policy decisions back to the states and the people where they belong. I am proudly pro-life and am proud to have sponsored and passed the nation's first pain-capable unborn child protection act which banned abortions at 20 weeks when babies can feel pain. We helped pave the way for this landmark decision. Okay. And I'm sure it has what uh, Petty Panzering Brooks said in here somewhere. And uh, I'll just go with what the Nebraska Democratic Party said. Uh, Nebraska Democrats are assailing the wrong-headed U.S. Supreme Court decision today to overturn Roe v. Wade. Jane Klebe, uh tweeted, The majority of Nebraskans believe abortion must remain legal and that women must have the right to make their own health decisions. And if I can find the tweet, any tweet from anyone else to read, I will read it. <clears throat> and the phone number is uh, 402-474-5086. I don't know if anyone has any opinions on this controversial issue, but if you do, feel free to call in and uh, express your point of view on the air for all to hear. Are voters going to show Supreme Court who's really boss? Well, that's the next article I will read from in a moment. And first, perhaps a little music. And that was Pig Meat Markham from 1968. It says it's acknowledged as the first rap song, although it didn't create a whole... Uh, musical category, industry, uh, culture, as did uh, Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. Didn't take off quite that hugely. And there are other songs one might point to and say, oh, that's really rap and stuff there, even going back to the 1910s and some of the earliest recordings. However, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty rap there. Here comes the judge. And I found what Patty Panzing Brooks, Senator Patty Panzing Brooks, state senator, Democratic candidate for U.S. House, 
still a candidate, did not win this special election, but there's still election coming up in November, and it was uh, closer than any race in uh, decades, actually. Statement from Patty Panzing Brooks on the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court made an unconscionable decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, giving the government the seat at our daughter's exam tables for which many, which many have long coveted. A majority of Americans and Nebraskans do not agree that abortion should be illegal. Today's special election will be our first opportunity to stand up and fight back at the ballot box against this extreme effort to push us back into the dark ages. My opponent doesn't even support exceptions for rape or incest. The contrast and the stakes are clear. And, uh, as I said, we have a few months before November for them to perhaps become even clearer and the more momentum to build to an even greater extent. I did write a poem, well, an attempt at a poem anyway, about the situation, giving my first impression, and, of course, posted on Facebook where... All great poetry now gets published. It's uh, called Goodbye, Red Wave. More of an aspirational poem than one which uh, did predict the outcome of this very close race, but there's still time <clears throat> for it to be prophetic. Goodbye, Red Wave. Blaming Biden for worldwide inflation gave conservatives victory expectation until their SCOTUS rejected what most people want protected, their right to privacy. So like the dog who caught the car, they can't admit they've gone too far, so they say things aren't as bad as they are, as they plan to take things farther. Justice Thomas gave it away, no right to birth control, no right to marry gay. Even in vitro could be taken away if protection really starts at conception. Yes, thank you very much. There's a little poem there. Show. On to the article. Our voters going to show Supreme Court who's really boss. And you know... A little self-critical of these shows. I felt last week, perhaps I could have done a bit more to cover the material. Really just read a few comments from the candidates and then went off on a tear. And a caller called in and I thought, uh, really, I, I should have done more to let them talk rather than going off on a rant from something they said. And uh, But I was trying to do more commentary. And then I felt the week before that had been on the January 6th hearings, and I thought maybe I did a little too much covering the material and not enough commentary. So, got to balance that out. Anyway, are voters going to show Supreme Court who's really boss? Because really, when someone calls in, it's like when you're doing an interview with someone. You want to have them talk and to not say much yourself to draw them out and uh, have them 
uh, be on display. Okay, our voters going to show Supreme Court who's really boss. It's by Stephen Robinson from June 27th, 2022. It seems most Americans aren't keen on our robed masters stripping away our rights. According to a new Marist poll, 56% of voters oppose the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a whopping 88% of Democrats, and 53% of independents oppose the forced birth ruling. Just 20% of Republicans oppose the decision, but that's somewhat significant considering GOP candidates have mostly given up on crossover appeal and rely on running up the score among GOP voters. <clears throat> voters are very concerned about Justice Clarence Thomas's ominous warnings that the court should reconsider past rulings regarding contraception access, same-sex marriage, and even same-sex relationships. Conservative talk show host Joe Scarborough outright described this as, quote, fascism, and announced the court as radical. Again, a, quote, notable 18% of Republicans worry that other rights are on the court's chopping block. 63% of women and 49% of men fear that overturning Roe was just the beginning. Whatever credibility the court still had went up in flames last week as 57% of Americans believe overturning Roe was a political action and not rooted in any sort of impartial reading of the law. However, Republicans have long gambled on voters prioritizing the economy over the Supreme Court's assault on a free society. It looks like that was a bad bet. 63% of registered voters say overturning Roe will make them more likely to vote in the upcoming midterms. To be clear, that's 78% of Democrats who are more motivated versus 54% of Republicans and 53% of Independents. <clears throat> A CBS YouGov poll backs this up. The ruling has proven more motivating for Democrats than Republicans, who we assume are content to just gloat while laughing maniacally. And it looks like it's now 11.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. We'll take a break. This is KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD 89.3 FM, KZUM.org online. And as I said... Well, it's now a couple minutes later. It's now 11.32 p.m. Central Daylight Time. <clears throat> and the temperature is 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Clear skies, no wind. And uh, low around 65 degrees Fahrenheit predicted for uh, very early in the morning before the sun rises. Uh, tomorrow, uh, sunny skies with gusty winds, high 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. Higher wind gusts possible. And tomorrow night, a low of only 71 degrees. So it will be getting warmer and more humid. Mm. All right.
back to our voters going to show Supreme Court who's really boss. <clears throat> And just finished saying, to be clear, that's 78% of Democrats who are more motivated versus 54% of Republicans and 53% of independents. The ruling has proven more motivating for Democrats than Republicans, who we assume are content to just gloat while laughing maniacally. Oh, and also, uh, the Groove Machine, it follows the servative hour from 2 a.m. Well, until 2 a.m., from midnight, midnight till 2 a.m., Wednesday mornings, that's the groove machine. All right. This is huge because the party that's out of power usually has the motivation advantage. However, Democrats are only technically in power right now. It's the radical right-wing theocrats posing as a judicial body who apparently determine which Americans are actually free. Some more good news, 51% of voters now claim that they are more likely to vote for congressional candidates who support legislation restoring the protections Roe provided. Only 36% of voters would definitely vote against a candidate who'd advance reproductive freedom. Back in April, Republicans had an unprecedented three-point advantage in the congress congressional generic ballot. Post-Dobbs, that's now swung to 10 points in the Democrats' direction. Voters favor Democratic candidates 48% to 41%. Democrats had an 8-point advantage when they crushed Republicans in 2018. It dropped to 3 points in 2020 when Democrats lost seats. We have to overcompensate for gerrymandered blankery, but we're headed in the right direction. <clears throat> Quote, with the midterm elections less than five months away, the decision by SCOTUS has sent shockwaves through the electorate, says Lee M. Minggoff, director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. Men are plus 12 points and women are plus 18 points more likely to support congressional candidates who pledge to codify the protections of Roe v. Wade. Digging deeper, 63% of women, including 74% of suburban women, are also concerned that the court's decision is a harbinger of things to come. Public confidence in the Supreme Court has dropped to a dismal 39%, but nonetheless, 54% of Americans oppose expanding the court to include more judges who aren't fascists. Unfortunately, without major reform, we're stuck with this unaccountable court for decades. That means freedom's best defense is for voters to keep the executive and legislative branches under democratic control. And um, as I said, this is a call-in talk radio show. And if you call in, I promise not to do all the talking. I'd like to hear your point of view on this uh, issue. I know when I've talked about it before, doing a little commentary here, that I've said oh, some of the main points I bring up when it comes up is uh, how outlying abortion doesn't really stop abortion. It means that uh, a lot of women will try to give themselves abortions or get assistance in uh, 
miscarrying, having an abortion, and that uh, many will die or uh, be injured. Now, someone might say, well, only a few hundred, maybe a few thousand, but still, it means that they will uh, die or be uh, seriously injured in attempting to uh, induce a miscarriage or to uh, get help having an abortion. And then also something that will come up in uh, some of the articles I'll be referring to is, uh, and in that little poem I wrote, that if you say that uh, protection begins at conception, well, then the in vitro fertilization, the fertility clinics, they dispose of more fertilized eggs and uh, embryos than any abortion clinic. So, and of course, many forms of contraception the right to life movement considers to be uh, abortion. Things which prevent the implantation of a fertilized egg. Egg gets fertilized, it uh, doesn't implant. Of course, this happens naturally. Fertilize, eggs will get fertilized and then fail to implant in the uh, uterus and just pass along their way out of the body. <clears throat> so... Are they ready to say, okay, these things are illegal too? Or are they going to give an exception and say that, well, life begins at conception, personhood and all rights begin at conce conception, except in the cases of inter vitro fertilization? Or perhaps if they want to be really liberal about it, in cases of uh, contraceptives that uh, cause the... Uh, fertilized egg to not implant. Hmm. Well, but uh, how have they been reacting? Well, playing the victims. Well, actually, there's been a lot of different ways they've been reacting. Let me just read from MediaMatters.org how right-wing media reacted to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Conservative pundits call for further rollbacks of rights while downplaying the end of row. They say, oh, it's not so bad, but we've got to make it better. Yeah. So, this is uh, by Sophie Lawton, John Kneifel, and Justin Horowitz from <clears throat> June 24th, 2022. Right-wing media celebrated the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on Friday ending the constitutional right to abortion almost 50 years after it had been recognized. The ruling was the culmination of a decades-long project on the right and was celebrated across the conservative media outlets and on Twitter. Many right-wing pundits downplayed the opinion's significance, arguing that the court simply sent the matter back to the states in a narrow ruling, and there is no risk of other rulings following suit though Justice Clarence Thomas himself stated otherwise. Other commentators used the occasion to double down and call for a further rollback of rights, such as marriage equality and the right to purchase birth control. Others compared the end of Roe to landmark decisions that advanced civil rights. 
criticized businesses that support their employees' reproductive care, and used anti-trans rhetoric to mock the importance of abortion rights. And uh, this Media Matters piece has various sections, <clears throat> such as downplaying the severity of the opinion and its impact on other key rights, and uh, such as Fox's Mark Levin saying, quote, this decision is actually quite moderate. And uh, it's another good one here. Ben Shapiro claimed that, quote, regulating abortion is not about cracking down on women and compared it to regulating prostate operations. And Shapiro also downplayed Justice Clarence Thomas's suggestion that the court should reconsider other key cases, saying, quote, what the court here is attempting to do is carve off Roe v. Wade from Ober Obergefell, from Lawrence v. Texas, but the left fundamentally refuses to understand this. He also claimed, when you hear today the left say that the court is going to reopen these things, understand that Thomas would, and he would be correct to do so, by the way, legally correct, but there are not enough votes. Okay, well, they just don't have the votes to do it. It's not that they don't want to. So we'll see what happens because now it actually it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court votes on those things because it's entirely allowed with the going away of uh, any sort of right to privacy. Uh, let's see. Okay, attacking businesses that pay for reproductive care. That's another section. Calling for more restrictive laws, suggesting cracking down on other rights. Steve Quartz suggested a focus on, quote, things like what constitutes a marriage, when does life begin, they must de be decided by a deliberative process for the next step in rolling back human rights in the United States. Okay. National Reviews and Alexandra de Sanctus argue that overturning Roe is, quote, far from the end of the fight. It's a major victory and a major battle, the first hurdle, and now we are going to the next stage in the war. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. Saying, uh, hey, it, doesn't, it didn't go too far, but let's go further. Okay. Let's see. Comparing the end of Roe to civil rights cases. Oh, this is just like Brown versus Board of Education. No, it's not. Uh, let's see, and another section, celebrating the end of Roe v. Wade, yippee yippee, oh we won, alright. <clears throat> and let's see, there's one section I thought was particularly false equivalency, making false comparisons of protests to January 6th Capitol insurrection. Fox News anchor Maria Bartiromo compared Representative Maxine Waters' Democrat California statement outside the Supreme Court to the January 6, 2021 violence at the Capitol, saying she was, quote, fanning the flames of violence. 
On Sunday morning futures, conservative pundit John Solomon called the protest outside Arizona's capital, quote, a mini-insurrection in Phoenix. Fox and Friends weekend co-host Pete Hegseth called a protest outside Arizona State Capitol building pretty insurrection-y to me. Anyway... Yes, on Fox News, if someone sets fire to a pile of paper cups less than a yard across, almost gets trampled from all the cameras circling around trying to get some video of it that they can play over and over again in a loop on Fox News. It's a delicate Republican flowers cry that Maxine Waters and AOC are insurrecting them. Yes, they are. I'll take a... Should I take a musical break right now? I suppose so, if I'm going to... Uh... Nah, I think I'll read a bit more. <clears throat> Pro-lifers respond to abortion rights protests with violence, misogyny, and trucks. This is from uh, Robin Panaccia from June 26, 2022. In much of the run-up to what we knew would be a whole lot of abortion rights protests following the death of Roe, right-wing pundits were clutching every pearl they could find and talking about how very terrified they were over how the left was probably going to end up burning the whole country down over a little thing like a whole lot of people losing their bodily autonomy. They love to be victims, particularly in the hypothetical. That didn't happen. If you want the truth, Republicans are about to destroy their own states without any help from us at all. It won't be through protest or fire or anything we might do, but rather as a result of their own actions and inactions. <clears throat> With the lack of universal health care and subsidized education in this country, medical schools cost a lot of money, doctors can't afford to set up practices in rural areas, many of which are in red states, and the lack of subsidized child care and parental leave, it's going to be a trash fire for these states, an enormously expensive trash fire. That being said, the violence and hatred we've seen this weekend has not come from our side. In Rhode Island, Jean Lugo, a police officer who is running for state senate as a Republican, has been arrested after being caught on tape punching his opponent, Jennifer Rourke, in the face at a protest. Lugo was off duty at the time and pretty much just there to blank with people. Quote, I'm a reproductive rights organizer and state Senate candidate. Last night, after speaking at our row rally, my Republican opponent, a police officer, violently attacked me, Rourke wrote in a Twitter post. This is what it is to be a black woman running for office. I won't give up. Lugo is on paid leave pending an investigation. He told CNBC he was, quote, in a situation that no individual should see themselves in and that he was only trying to protect someone who was being attacked by, agi quote, agitators, unquote. The long version of the video shows a counter-protester named Josh Mello, who has had previous issues with violence, 
being asked to leave the protest and hit by someone in a green jacket as he leaves. Mello then starts hitting several women in the vicinity, and then at some point Lugo pops up and punches Rourke, who was trying to break things up, in the face. Before shutting his social media down entirely, he announced he would no longer be running for office, which is just swell because the last thing anyone needs is some cafone who runs around punching women in the face for a state senator, or a cop for that matter. On Friday, at a protest in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a truck driver with a license plate reading W-R-A-P-T-O-R, Raptor, purposely drove into a crowd of people protesting the overturning of Roe. Several protesters were injured, and at least one whose foot was run over by the truck went to the hospital. It does not seem as though the driver has been arrested yet, but police did interview him on Friday. Conservative pundits and politicians have long expressed great joy over the idea of left-wing protesters being run over by those who disagree with them, even going so far as to push for laws making it legal to do so. And uh, <clears throat> also has some links to some various articles. 66 protesters have been hit by cars this summer. Uh, and uh, Republicans seem to think this is an especially adorable thing to do, so we can definitely look forward to seeing many, quote, pro-life people trying to murder people with their cars over the coming days and weeks. So to cap things off, we've got no... got got not violent so much as a hefty dose of misogyny in the form of Jacob Wall and his loyal sidekick Jack Burkham showing up to an abortion rights protest in Washington, D.C. via The Independent. While Berkman played police siren noises, Wall repeatedly told women, quote, the protest is over, it's time to go home. He then said that, quote, most of you here won't have to worry about getting abortions anyway, adding that he thought the women were, quote, ugly and morbidly obese. Pro-choice protesters chanted goodbye repeatedly in an effort to make the pair leave. One activist poured a bottle of water over Wall's head. Wall circled the, pro circled the protest a number of times. He was escorted away from the scene by police and by anti-violence activists, only to return again. He told the Independent that women, quote, belonged in the kitchen and that he had come to the protest to, quote, educate people. He added that he was part of an organization called Project 1599. As you may recall, Project 1599 was the name of the fake civil rights organization Wall and Bergman invented when they robocalled a bunch of black people in several states in order to discourage them from voting by claiming that if one votes through mail-in ballots, their, quote, personal information will be part of a public database that will be used by police departments to track down old warrants and be used for credit card companies to collect outstanding debts. The two have yet to be convicted for this, although if they are, they will likely face up to 24 years in prison for the charges in Michigan alone. The FCC has also announced last year they plan to fine the pair over $5 million for their scams. So really, they only have so much time to scream at women to, quote, get back in the kitchen, and they seem to be making the most of it. <clears throat> it's more than obvious that the forced birth contention has a bit of a screw loose, so be careful out there. And... From uh, MediaMatters.org again. 
After years of, ex years of excusing violence against abortion providers, right-wing media fearmonger about post-Roe left-wing violence. That says, uh, this is by Julie Tulbert. Apparently, the right needs a reminder of its connection to decades of murders and attacks on abortion providers, patients, and clinics. Anti-abortion harassment and violence against providers, clients, and patients are unfortunately commonplace. Following the release of a draft opinion from the Supreme Court that indicates the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade is imminent, right-wing media have remained willfully obtuse about the long history of anti-abortion murders and attacks that they in part contributed to in order to substitute, to substitute their own narrative about supposed violence on the left. And I will just read a couple of things it has here. In 1993, an anti-abortion extremist assassinated Dr. David Gunn outside his clinic in the first known murder of an abortion doctor in the United States. Since then, anti-abortion sentiment has contributed to 10 other deaths, as well as numerous injuries to providers, patients, and their families. In 2009, anti-abortion extremist Scott Roeder murdered abortion provider Dr. George Tiller while Tiller was attending church. Before Tiller's assassination, then-Fox host Bill O'Reilly had openly bullied Tiller on his program. According to Rolling Stone, O'Reilly had waged an unflagging war against Tiller that did just about everything short of urging his followers to murder him. In 2015, Robert Deere opened fire in a Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood clinic, killing three and injuring at least nine more. After the attack, Deere reportedly said the phrase, quote, no more baby parts as an explanation, likely referring to an oft-repeated oft right-wing media talking point based on discredited undercover videos from the anti-abortion group Center for Medical Progress. And that article continues on, and it does look like I've just about to riot, run out of time, so may not be able to get to an article. It's not just about abortion, how birth control, cancer care, and more could change in a post-Roe America, but have indeed run out of time. So, this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all.